It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. After the break, man, it's just go time. Jalen Rose, I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? We get the people. Let them give the people what they want. Jalen, every year it seems like we talk about the MVP of the NBA earlier and earlier and earlier. However, on this program, we wait until it's appropriate. And right now, after the All-Star break, with about 25 games left, it is appropriate. Let's now take a look at the odds. Joel Embiid. Jokic, Giannis, then there's some distance between Steph and Ja. Mr. Rose, when you look at the stats of the top three, they are very comparable. Some get more assists, some get more rebounds, they all get around the same amount of points. Right now, who do you have as your favorite to win the most valuable player? Today I give the edge to Joel Embiid. And like I've said these last couple of years, while wing players and their versatility help drive a lot of what happens on an NBA team and the dynamics of what plays out on the floor, and point guards and lead guards are dominant with the ball, I've been on the phone with an archaeologist because the big man is back. Back. Giannis, MVP two years ago. Finals MVP last year. Our guy, the Joker the reigning MVP. And Joel Embiid has been so very dominant, he leads the league in points. You remember in the 90s when you looked at the top 10 scores and they were littered with centers? Like Shaq and Akeem and Patrick Ewing and David Robinson. That was a different game then. The last time a center led the league in scoring, it was Shaq in 2000. And he's getting boards. He's improved his playmaking. I believe he has a career high in assists. But here's something about the MVP race. And this coming from a voter, by the way. How narrative drives a lot of this as well. Mm-hmm. And when you put those stats back up there, I want you to pay attention to something. Giannis's stats are just as good, if not better. And his team has a better record, depending on what day it is. Put that back up there for a second. So as the season progresses, there's only 0.2 points. Same boards, and Giannis has more assists. So for me, this is gonna come about standings. And by the way, if this is only about stats, the Joker will win back-to-back, as you see. But since his team isn't in the thick of the Western Conference race today, I have to give the edge to Joel, then Giannis. But Giannis has an opportunity as you look at those standings, yes, 
two and a half games both behind number one spot. So if one of those teams that ever catapult themselves up to the number one spot, Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo will be this year's most valuable player. I agree with you because there's the individual performances and we looked at the stats a couple times. You see, like, they're all kind of neck and neck as they move into the finish line. However, it's the team performance which is a part of this award. And when you look at Giannis's team and Joel Embiid's team, if they were to finish tight, however, as a voter, I want to ask you this. Is there some Giannis fatigue? He won it back to back. He's already won it. Is there a little bit like, let's give it to the new guy? Because historically, it seems like that's how the MVP plays out. So yes, narrative has a ton to play with how many people vote. I try to make sure to get away from that and judge by the product I see during the regular season. And the thing I'll tell you is about Giannis is, he's consistently dominant like this, Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look like, oh my God, here comes Giannis for MVP. This is what he always does. For Embiid, it's like, wait a minute, he healthy. Like, this is what it would look like if he showed up every game and was in shape. And so again, this race is going to be decided, in theory, by who finishes the highest in the standings. And usually for voters, Jacoby, the narrative becomes who's perceived to do the most with the least. And yep. as Philadelphia adds James Harden, that's going to hurt that perception for those voters with Joel Embiid because they're going to look at Harden as being better than Middleton and Drew Holiday. So if, if, if Embiid and Giannis both continue to be dominant, but the Bucks end up in the number one spot, but yet the Sixers end up in the fourth spot, Giannis may walk away with MVP. And I'll just mention this quick, if you put up the Western Conference standings, with the injury to Chris Paul, there is a long shot, you know, I like to gamble, there's a long shot <laughs> chance that Draymond comes back, Steph recaptures some of that magic from earlier in the season, they end up as the number one West. That's the only way I could see someone outside of those top three bigs <laughs> securing the MVP, but I'm not putting my money on it, let's just say that. Well, I'll just say this, over the last couple of years, you and I have been on our biggie, scrambling, gambling, at restaurants of mandolins and violins. We gamble on anything now. Well, and I love it. I'm not going to gamble on where Aaron Rodgers plays football next because even though he went on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, he said a lot of nothing. And he basically said, I haven't made the decision yet, even though I'm putting up weird Instagram posts. And I will make the decision soon. Jalen, this all just translates to sign Devontae Adams and you get me back. That's all this means to me. What do you think about him saying it won't be long before he makes a decision? I want everybody, when they see this Aaron Rodgers story as he does his Brett Favre 2022 and plays this on and on and on and keeps getting his media checks, and I love it, and keeps giving us sound bites, which I love it. Shout to our guy, Pat McAfee. I will say this. Aaron Rodgers is continuing to play this like someone that ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, so, Aaron, you ain't fooling nobody, dog. Take it for somebody <laughs> that's been traded multiple times. Okay, if you wanted out, you wouldn't be planting all of these flowers around the bouquet and on the table and on the floor. You just going to do what J David Jacoby been telling me all season. And you're right, my brother. You said he was coming back. Mm -hmm. And now you're saying this is a dog whistle to sign Devontae Adams. 
and I 1 million percent agree with you. When Devontae Adams is pursued and secured officially, that's when Aaron Rodgers will likely tell us he's coming back. But he ain't leaving. Because if you leaving, let me tell you what you got to do. You got to start getting prepared right now, sir. You heard Bruce Pearl on the show yesterday. You got to find a new barber. You got to find somewhere to live. You got to do all of these things. And I don't think after all of these years, he's ready to do that. Not with these posts. But I could be wrong. That's just my feeling. Jalen, very quickly, he also acknowledged that he just came out of a 12-day cleanse with a very strict diet and sort of meditation routine. Are you and I going to do that this offseason? Uh, no. Let's do the opposite. I'm let's not going to be able to do it. Let's do, let's do the opposite. Instead of a detox for 12 days, let's do a tox for 12 days this offseason. Yes! That's yes! what my summer is going to look like. Yeah! Jalen, I do need to recognize something that's very important in the world of women's soccer. The United States women's national team won a settlement of $24 million, $22 million go as essentially back pay to the women's national team members. And more importantly, moving forward, the United States Soccer Federation has promised equal pay for the women's team and the men's team. I'm happy for them and it's progress. It's not the final step, but you know, as I like to say, it's progress and they're making field position. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are gonna be a lot of other ways that the men can still capitalize and make more. But for them to, for the women to take this stand, for them to own it to the point where they win a settlement, and now at least on paper, it's acknowledged that they're gonna get the same pay as the men. That's incredible for them. I'm happy for them. I gotta get one of them jerseys. Them jerseys are cold. One of the things about this is wild to me is like the women win the World Cup all the time and the men scratch and claw <laughs> to barely get in. And the women have to go to court to get equal pay. It's absolutely <laughs> wild to me. Jalen, there is something that I know is very important to you that is bubbling in the culture. During All-Star Weekend, there was a versus battle between NBA players. It was AI against T-Mac. And you have come up with some dream NBA versus matchups. And I got to admit, they're much better than the ones I came up with. Jalen will give you those right after this. You don't want to miss it. It was a dream. Jalen and Jacoby. Just a dream. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Coming to you live from the Seaport New York City, brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, something went overlooked 
of all the things that happened All-Star Weekend that we need to shine a spotlight on. And that something is the versus battle, not between two rappers, but between Allen Iverson and Tracy McGrady going highlight for highlight in a versus battle format. This was entertaining, I loved it, and I happen to have a co-host who is the senior ESPN versus matchmaker. This man spends so much time thinking of versus matches that it's like he does things more about that than basketball itself. However, now that it's expanded not just for rappers, but to NBA players, I know that got the wheels in your head rolling. So, Mr. Rose, you have prepared some future versus matchups between NBA legends that you would like to see. The floor is yours. Senior I do, I do, I do, I do. How about this for a matchup? Two of my top five players of all time who just so happen to both be 6'9 and primary ball handlers. Mm. How about five-time MVP, three-time three finals MVP, Irvin Magic Johnson versus the King, LeBron James. What do you think about that one, David Jacoby? I love it. Let's start with breaking down Magic's game. Okay, so for Magic, here's a guy that broke the mold as it relates to a tall point guard at six foot nine. Had great intelligence out on the floor, had some of the best court vision anyone could have, and he did what you call pass people open. Shout mm. to Byron Scott, who I saw at the NAACP um, golf outing yesterday. And he continued to add to his game. Not only with the leadership, his jump shot continued to improve. And then he's added the junior sky hook and magic was clutch at Boston Garden. I can imagine how you was in Massachusetts when he went across the middle <laughs> and he made that hook. That what did you do that day? I, th I threw some things and broke some things. But Jalen, one thing <laughs> I love about these these uh, matchups that you picked is everything you said about Mr. Johnson could also be said about his potential opponent. Everything. Absolutely. And the difference for LeBron, however, is just such a mercurial athlete. See, you ain't seeing Magic, nice like this, banging on him like that. Now, a younger Magic was giving me that, but LeBron James is one of the most powerful athletes that the game has seen. You see his athleticism on display defensively with his chase down blocks with his catching lives with his left or his right, dunking on people, becoming a champion four times over, bringing Cleveland their first championship. And how about the way he's improved his jump shot? Exactly. And the way he's still balling to this day. So this is my dream matchup. Magic Johnson and the guy he brought to L.A., LeBron James. Well, one of the things James. I love that you did is I had some proposals for this segment, and you just upped all of mine a notch because you put people together that naturally fit together, their games are similar, and that is very much the case with your next matchup, and it is great matchup. Two great dunkers and basketball players, Dr. J versus Vince Carter. Absolutely, so when I was young, Dr. J was not only the embodiment of cool and professionalism, but he was the high flyer taking off from the free throw line. He was the one going underneath the backboard, palming the ball out of bounds, doing reverse layups. He was the one from the cradle to the grave. Life ain't never been easy. 
Look at that, dunking on whoever's in his way. And obviously the Bill Walton dunk was just incredible with the big afro. Here, look at this. From the cradle to the grave. And jumping from the free throw line. And then all of a sudden, you see people that want to take it to the next level. And Vince Carter was that player. He was a guy that not only could jump off two feet, could jump off of one. And he was a guy that was doing 360 dunks in the game and taking it to another level. Right there like on Zoe, you got the body, I got the brain. Like just up over the top, just VC, you nasty boy. You nasty. And Vince Carter took a mantle from Dr. J via Michael Jordan, via Dominique, and then now we sit as Vince Carter holds the crown as the greatest dunker that the NBA has seen. This is a dream matchup from the ABA to the NBA. Well, one of the things I love what you've done here is it's not just the highlights. These players also get buckets and we're putting on a show. All these players have personalities. Magic, LeBron, Dr. J, Vince Carter. There's going to be jokes. There's going to be, you know, like nice transitions. It's going to be a real show. That's why you are ESPN Senior versus Matchmaker. However, you just called um, Vince Carter the greatest dunker of all time. Well, the next two pl players that you have picked as a matchup might disagree with you. Who do you and got they're next? in the conversation. So let me take you early 90s Rensselaer, Indiana, BC camp. Sean Kemp wins the dunk contest when I was there, and he literally jumped over a car and landed on the ground. I'm not talking about what Blake did where he dunked and landed on the car. He ran and jumped over the car and dunked it. At six foot 10, you've heard some comparisons of Zion, a guy with like size and athleticism that we haven't seen. And how about how he cradled it against Alton Liston right there? Ah, mm. uh, who got the camera? And when we talk about the alley-oop and me and Perk just voiced something over about that on SportsCenter, he and Gary Payton, anytime they out on the break, you already know what's coming. Look at that. You already know what's coming. And you can't stop the rain when it starts to fall. The rain man has to be in this conversation. And now let's go to a guy who has his statue in Atlanta in front what of the what, what, is it, what is the next gentleman's nickname while we're going How back about and forth the highlights? When your nickname is Human Highlight Film, and you have a 50-inch vertical. Look at this. Watch out, Larry. Yeah, Larry. Don't do that, Larry. Oh, I can't do that to Larry. Come Larry, on, Larry, take a seat. Larry, take a seat. He's the guy that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Michael Jordan for so many years. You ready for this? Just like we used to argue who had the better career between Prince and Michael Jackson, there used to be arguments about who was a better player between Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. And you talk about getting buckets, here's a guy that perennially averaged around 30 points while he was in the league and dunk on anybody that's in the way with his 50-inch vertical. I love what you've done here, Mr. Rose. You've put together three great versus matchup. Now I need you to take it to the next level, Mr. Rose. I don't have Timberland and Swiss Beats in my phone, <laughs> but I know you do. So we're, we're gonna send them this segment. I'm gonna have our people send you this segment and all you have to do is forward it to Swizz and Timberland, and perhaps we can get these matchups in real life. Jalen, you mentioned Zion earlier when you were talking about Sean Kemp. 
Well, there's a lot of talk about Zion recently. And there's a lot to discuss about Mr. Williamson and his future, not just in the NBA, but particularly with the Pelicans. We'll break that all down right after this. You don't want to miss it. Pelicans fly! You are watching Jalen and Jacoby. You always do the arms. I like the arms. Doubleheader Friday night, starting with the Heat against the Knicks in the Garden at 7.30, and then in the nightcap, it is the Battle of Los Angeles, the Clippers playing the Lakers in the Crypto Center. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, there's a lot of discussion about Zion Williamson, who have we have not seen play a basketball this year for the Pelicans. However, the Pelicans sent out a letter to their season ticket holders about renewing for next season. That letter did not mention Zion Williamson by name. Mentioned Brandon Ingram, Valanchunas, and CJ McCollum. This might seem like a small thing, but to me, this is a big thing. Jalen, just, just, just wipe away all the clutter. What does the future hold for the relationship between Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans? If you get jammed up, don't mention my name. This ain't good for the Pelicans flying at all. And the one thing that we've heard, and J.J. Redick alluded to it yesterday, is people now are trying to figure out how invested Zion is in being with the New Orleans Pelicans. He's not there. He's, he was in Portland training. He's a young player still on a rookie deal that averages over 25 points and shoots 60% from the floor. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm doing everything I can to try to make this work, including putting him on a season ticket email, even if he ain't gonna be there. Cause we don't know if Valanchunas gonna be there. Like that don't make sense to not add him. Like that's one person in marketing or one person emailing somebody in marketing that's telling them don't put Zion on the ticket. Sell the ticket now, and if you trade Zion, you trade Zion. That's foolish. <laughs> what do you mean? You ever heard of something called low management? The NBA doesn't say if LeBron isn't playing, you're getting your money back. Keep Zion on the email. Got to teach these people about marketing? Jeez. Well, Jalen, you, you do make a good point in terms of selling the tickets. However, this isn't the first rift that we've heard between this franchise and this player, and I do not think that he will sign an extension and stay with the Pelicans for the next two years. I think next year, if he even gets to next year, will be the last year that he wears a Pelicans jersey. That'll be unfortunate for their fan base. One that had Chris Paul, and he eventually got out. One that had Anthony Davis, he eventually got out. And they built something special. I like what they did during the mm -hmm. trade deadline. Brandon Ingram, now CJ McCollum. If Zion could play with that group, but they could be something really good. Herb Jones, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingen, Zion Williamson, and Valanchunas. That's not just a playoff team. That's a really good team. If they could just say, you know what, this year wasn't great for us, and then get that nucleus together for next year, they could really have something. A big shout to your guy, Willie Green, who will be at the helm. We'll be back tomorrow with another show at, on ESPN2 at 4 o'clock. Thank you. You're far too kind. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. 
They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We always say we give the people they want. Part of that is doing exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Anthony Rose, a couple things I want to talk to you about. Number one, Michigan men's basketball team. Obviously, so much of the discussion is about the incident between Coach Howard and Coach Guard. But there's a lot more at stake for the men's basketball team because Phil... Martelli takes over. Great to have a vet like him on the bench, someone like him that can step in. He says, quote, I'm not Jawan Howard. I'm not going to be. A small thing about me is that I never sit down during a game, so there'll be a chair there. It will be for him. It will not be for me. Jalen, as they head into the final five games of the regular season, the Big Ten tournament, and hopefully the tournament, what do they need to do to secure a spot in the tournament? So the... One thing about being a Wolverine at heart and a Detroiter, a native, since we don't have like story programs or teams like Yankees or Lakers, sometimes we have to do something special in order to truly get recognized or discussed. Or unfortunately, sometimes something dubious happens as you just acknowledge. So I'm gonna take you so very deep into the woods about the answer to your question. We're going in the woods? That, yeah, that you're gonna be like, oh, okay. I didn't realize this. Michigan has five games left. Four of the teams that we play have already beaten us this year. Ooh. Let me say that again. Four of the teams that we play in our remaining five games have already beaten us this year. So, in other words, if we want to get in the tournament, you can't be getting swept by multiple teams in the same season. Mm, good point. And this is a great opportunity for everybody in the program to elevate who they are and put them in position to win games for Coach Howard And I might have talked to him once or twice, but that's my brother. And so as they get closer to the Big Ten tournament, if they take care of business, these four or five games, they win four or five of these games, they're going to get in the tournament regardless of the Big Ten tournament. Four or five is a lot to ask for, sir. If they only win two of these games then they're going to have to win at least two games in the Big Ten tournament in order to get in. So it's no lock. The one-word answer is win. But the gymnastics of what needs to happen is what I just described. 
Well, Mr. Rose, I'll be rooting for the Michigan Wolverines, and I'll be rooting for a deep, deep tournament run. Let's, let's win the Big Ten. Leave, leave no doubt about it. You know what I mean? Did Michigan win the Big Ten in football? Yep. Wouldn't it be nice to win the Big Ten in both football and basketball in the same season? Yep. That's on the table. It's on the table. In my E40 voice. And, 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 and here's the thing. I've seen us play some of our best basketball, and I believe it was at Purdue. I think that was our best Big Ten game of the year. Mm. And they were um, they were definitely ranked. I think they were in the top 10, maybe top 15. But either way, so this team has the potential. And so you got Houston on the outside. You got Dickinson on the inside. You got veteran guard play. Brooks in the backcourt. Jones, like, you have some guards. You have some people that can make some plays. Our, our, our freshman up front has been awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Diabaste, Diabaste, he's been awesome. And so like, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. And uh, this is gonna be, again, a great opportunity for everybody involved for growth. That That's what I wanna see. I wanna see Devontae Jones, who's a, a fifth-year senior transfer, high points, low turnovers. I want to see Caleb Houston making his three-point shots. I want to see Hunter Dickinson doing a better job in pick-and-roll defense but dominating in the paint. And Dia Baste, our freshman, again, like I'm telling you, he been balling. Like, he been balling to the point where I'm like, he might be going to the league. Well... Michigan has put some players in the league. See what like, Jordan, Jordan Poole is doing. And, you know how uh, when you're watching your squad, dog, and it's like, man, watching the squad grow. Like, yeah, man, next year it's going to be on. And then I'm watching him these last couple of games. I'm like, he might be going to the league now. Jalen, I'm going to say something on wax that we said off wax. I was like, Franz Wagner? Like a top 12 pick? Like, I don't know if I see it. Well, I don't watch that many Orlando Magic games, but when I do, he's in the game and he's getting buckets. Like, he's he's overperforming my expectations for him as an NBA player. Now, you do get an opportunity when you play for a team like the Magic, right? He's still balling. He you do get an opportunity ball, when you play for a team like the Magic, but he's, he he's like, he's proven that he belongs. Yeah, he he's belongs. In like, he's like in the top five of Rookie of the Year right now. Yeah, he belongs. He belongs. And, and, and I'm encouraged. We have Rutgers tonight. The team is going to play spirited. I'm looking forward to watching the game. Mm-hmm. Rutgers better than you think. Rutgers better yeah, than are. you think. They're better than you think. Also, yeah, shout out to Franz Wagner. I, you know what? I'm not allowed to look in the mirror and say I was wrong. I was wrong about you, Mr. Wagner. I was wrong about you. And you ready you. for this? And and that's one of your guys that would have potentially been on the wall behind you. Oh, I'm no, really he, he disappointed in you. Now, he like German. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like my <laughs> American-born white guys. You know what I mean? too German. So I gotta be an American I, more be like white a Hunter guy. Dickinson type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Kevin a real Lowe. American. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. So yeah, where's yeah, JJ yeah. Reddick? He's making news. You gotta get our guy up there. Yeah, he, he ain't getting on the wall either. Shout out <laughs> to JJ Reddick. Saw him in the office yesterday. He's out here killing it. Um, no doubt. I love him. Two things we love, Lamella Ball and Puma. Yes. Puma gifted Lamella Ball an eighty thousand dollar chain. An eighty thousand dollar chain. Jalen. How come we didn't get an $8,000 chain? I know you rep for the for the Puma. 
I just texted and was like, you know what? You can give me a 20,000 one. <laughs> I'll give you a discount. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can give me the 20,000 version. You know what I mean? You're going to give me the first one you thought about giving him and then realize, you know, we can't get him this one. It's dope chain. It's got a star background. It says all star. And it's got like the Puma Puma in it, but it's not like featured featured. It's a good looking chain. It's a it's good dope. looking chain. Yeah. I like what you just said there. And that's the first thing I took from it too. It's not Puma featured. It's not like over Puma. I appreciated yeah. that. All star is the first thing. It's not that they just gave him like a Puma logo with some diamonds in it. And was like, yeah, oh, here you go. I appreciated here, that. Here yeah. you go, wear this for advertising. You know what and, I mean? And, and, and that's the actual answer to your question is why I don't have one. Cause you've never been an all-star. <laughs> you should have been though. You should have been. You're an all-star in my heart. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, brother. sometimes, like I said, you gotta look in the mirror and you have to uh, admit when you're wrong, and you also have to admit to your podcast family that you've done a bad job. And I'm talking to myself right now. I've done a bad job of including the voices of the people, including the, the voicemails. You know what I mean? Get the people. Number. What they? Why you don't do the intro no more, dog? You got lazy. What happened to the intro? Okay, Mr. Rose. Let me explain to you how this program works. Monday through Friday, we do a show, which is a mix of the television content and the podcast exclusive. On Friday, we record a special episode just for Saturday, and that is when I do the intro. So, if we did the intro for the podcast exclusive, you would hear the first intro, and then halfway through the pod, there'd be a second intro. That is why I don't do the uh, podcast exclusive intro and I know this because I listen to the, to the podcast three times every day just to check my own work you know what I mean you gotta, you gotta do film work <laughs> just like just like you know quarterbacks watch film on, on Mondays of what they did on Sunday every day I listen to the pod three times and just take notes and just try to improve myself and one of the notes I took was you gotta include the people you gotta include the listeners you gotta encourage people to call 985-80-Jalen 985-80-Jalen right now you leave us a voice right now. you're likely to get in the show right so now pause right now Call 9580Jalen. Here's a question about anything in the world sports, not sports, life, advice, anything you need. And we'll put it on the show just like this caller right here. Jalen, Jacoby, man, love the show. Jalen, my name is Mike. I am from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised Seven Mile, right near Denby High School. Um, I've been in Phoenix, Arizona for the last four years. Question for you. What is the top spot to hoop in in Detroit? Now, this next question is for both you guys. What is your favorite hip-hop rap album all time and why? I always love to hear your guys' assessment and take on things. Appreciate you both. Keep giving the people what they want. All right. First, best place to hoop in Detroit, Mr. Rose. What up, though, Mike? Representing Phoenix via... The 313, seven mile by Denby. Big shout to my guy, Emmanuel Bibb. He was also an All-American when we were in high school, Jacoby. He had long arms. He had hops, he was strong. He probably played like, if I was gonna give him an NBA comp, he was he was like a, um, like a Donovan Mitchell in high school kind of player. Mm. Um, hoop spots in Detroit. When I raise this $10 million, it's going to be JRLA. First off. JRLA Detroit, if you want to help out, at JRLADetroit.com. No question. It was St. Cecilia, but it's been opening, grand closing, grand opening, grand closing. 
but there may be something special happening there. Stay tuned. Now, I, I, I got I to gotta ask some of the young Gs where they going to get the five on fives at because uh, I'm out of the loop. Where did you play outside when you were young? I played at uh, Kimini in Southwest. I played at uh, Pewalk in Southwest. I played, uh, I don't know why I'm drawing the blank, right there on Puritan in Southfield. Okay, bud. I forgot the name of that one. I played up at Butzel. I played at Northwest Activity Center. I played at, uh, in the backyard. I played at 1300 Bobian. That's a lot. Let's go to his second, his second question, okay. which was your favorite hip hop album. I'll answer first. Mine's easy. Mine is very easy. Easy? Easy. Don't even have to wow. think about it. Don't even have Ill-matic. to think about it. Illmatic. No, not even close. Nope. Enter the 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang. It was just like introducing me to a new brand of talking. They had such a unique styles. It was a whole group. It was just like this team of eight that was just like it was just like they were speaking a different language and they, you know I think Staten Island has something to do with that because they're not sort of like as they're kind of like on the outer borough borough um, that to me you know hearing Method Man and Protect Your Neck for the first time those are the first two songs that came out I remember listening to those two songs probably a hundred times in a row in a single night and then when the album came out it just every song just blew my mind blew my mind to me that is easily far and away it's just my opinion I'm not saying it's the best ever objectively I'm saying in my opinion Enter the 36 Chambers, to me, is head and shoulders above every other album ever produced. I like that selection, first off. Um, The next thing I want to say is, since you took that album, I mean, you got to mention a couple of albums. I mean, just to spin off of what you said, and this ain't even my answer, but like, only built for Cuban links, jeez. That that yeah. the spinoff of hearing Thirty Six Chambers and then hearing that too, she couldn't tell me nothing. That summer, I, and I'll get to your answer. Mid '90s rap, in particular, groups was at their height then, and I remember this vividly because that's when I first started having money, and that's when I first got in the league, and that's when I first started driving cars that I bought. So that changes the game because you remember, like, wait a minute, I was listening to that Mob Deep um, infamous album, the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness. I got over my shoulder, I got Smith & Wesson to shine, and that's one of my favorite albums, too. Ooh, uh, what about Black Moon? Black Moon had a... But, but the answer to this question for me... Jeez. Uh... Tupac's first one had to be in there. Dre's, Chronics. Uh, you know what? I got the answer. I got I got a two-folded answer. And, and it kind of... It's Nas Illmatic and Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with those. You know, it's kind of it's like... It's like, I love a great steak. I love a great lobster. I'm just whatever I'm in the mood for. Like, doesn't mean one's better than the other. But they, they all they all in the Mount Rushmore. But you know what else, too? Like... That Eric B and Rakim paid in full did something different to me too. Jeez, that I ain't no joke and all of that. Like Eric B for president, and that hit different. Like Rakim was the first guy that was rhyming for mainstream that had like historical bars 
that looked like he was also in the street at the same time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he, he was the first one. It was like, because Run DMC, like, it was like, okay, whatever they were doing before rap, they're rappers right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw them grow up. Houdini and Fat, I saw, I saw them. But like, when Rod Kim came, I was like, hold on. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is he gonna only rap or is he hustling too? And so, shout to Rock him a lot of 18th Blood. I need to get him on the show. I'd love that. Bugging. He did a show recently. Shout I need to get him on the show. Well, listen, whenever you bring up um, rappers that start with an R, I just have to say that Redman Muddy Waters is one of my favorite. Ah, look out! It's the fucking Delic Fuck for Johnson. Don't be knowing my name. I'm not gonna say that's top 25 objectively. If you did a poll, but in my head, you you can't tell me Redman ain't the best MC. I DJ like quick the top notch of the block. I just saw Redman on Instagram jumping out of planes, man. How come I didn't jump out of plane last summer? I'm jumping out of plane. I'm coming at you. I'm jumping out of plane for the show. Yeah, we do it. Why don't you do it in March? March 8th. We got time for another. Voicemail and again. Shout to EPMD too. Nine eight five eight zero Jalen. You can leave us a groups. voicemail, and we'll put it on the show again. Call right now. Nine eight five eight zero Jalen. You can right ask us now. anything. Call right as now. As long as you like make sense and ask a decent question, you're gonna make the show. You'll be on the Just show. Just like this. What's going on, Jalen and Jacoby? Mick, big fan of your show. Big fan of what you guys do. This question specifically for Jalen. Jalen, you've played with Kobe Bryant. You, I mean, you played against. The guys of Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James when he was young. My question to you is, Jalen, you were coached by legendary Larry Bird in the year 2000. My question to you is, how was Larry Bird as a coach? Do you have any funny stories? What was he like? Did, uh, did he get into arguments with you guys? Did you guys talk trash to each other? Especially, I want to know during the Laker finals, like what what was his opinion of Kobe and Shaq? Did he have does he have funny short? Did he have a funny story about Shaq? I just want to know uh, how Larry Bird was as a coach. Thank you, big fan of the show. Appreciate what you guys do. Keep up the good work, Jalen. Thank you for the call. Great question. I've been I've been I've been digging into this tunnel for a long time, trying to get Jalen to open up about you know the off wax stories about Larry Bird. And if you get him in the right mood, he'll slip up and tell you one. But this is a great opportunity for exactly that. You were coached by Larry Bird, Larry Joe, who is such a G. He's like, oh yeah, I don't need to show up and get a jacket for top seventy five. <laughs> I ain't going to Cleveland. This is for you. I don't want to shake all his hands and go to all those events. Y'all can take the picture without me. I'm good. In typical Larry Bird <laughs> and Carl Malone style. You know what I mean? But Mr. Absolutely. Rose, what was it like being coached by Larry Bird? Does he ever smile? Thank you for the call. We appreciate the love. Um, and yes, there was a period of time in my life where I went to bed and I probably wore Kobe and LeBron's career highs on my head like a crown. <laughs> MJ's final championship to cap off his second three-peat. You know, there, 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 has to be, there has to be steps to become stepping stones in order for these guys to have all-time greatness. And unfortunately for me, I've been a bug on a windshield for them. Let's get to my guy, Larry Joe Bird. Yes. So there was a time when we played at Purdue when I was in college. 
And I got a chance a couple of times in high, the, when the palace opened, it was during the Bad Boys era. And we felt like that was our gym because we won the first state championship there. Like as soon as they opened it, we played against Iowa State there. I threw it underneath my arm, threw it in the air and dunked it, playing against Fred Hoiberg and them. And we won a state championship that year. And so we felt like this is our gym, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I got a chance to go to a couple of games, meet the players, whatever. Our coach watcher took us to the back or whatever. And one of the games was against the Celtics. And when you walk to the back, you you know, like uh, this was this was uh, the, the Silver Dome at the time. And so like the bus, it wasn't too much separation from where like the Celtics locker room was and the Pistons locker room was. And like, this was the time like of real rivalry, right? Uh, I don't, this was like early nineties when the Pistons were ascending, back, Burr's back was still bothering them at the time. This, like during that game, I remember watching him lay on the floor. Yeah, he used to lay on the floor and when yep. he was out the game. Uh-huh. And I remember going to the back and the Celtics won that game, I believe, because I got a chance to uh, give Larry a high five I gave uh, Kevin McHale a high five or whatever, but I ain't like say nothing as a fan. I was just like giving him a high five or whatever. And we went into the Pistons locker room and Bill Lambeer, who's my guy, I love him. This is not, this is just telling you how intense he is. And he was like, get them MFing kids out of here. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> like this ain't, the this is not the time for this. And we just looking like, for real? Larry with a broke back just put 30 and 12 yeah. on us. We yeah, lost. We like, and, so, and so we was like, you know how kids is. Like when you get mad at your parents, you go slam the door. Man, you say a cuss word like, man, screw them. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like, man, you use the F word for Larry. Like, man, F him. You know what I'm saying? Can't believe he tried to play us like that. And so uh, we were playing at Purdue less than a year later. And Larry was at the game. And I was like, yo, Larry at the game. I'm about to ball out. And then I'm gonna go over there and say what up to him. You know what I mean? In my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm about to ball. Larry, he here to see me. He gotta be, you know? And I distill all of this down from him being in Indiana to him coming to see the big dog, to him coming to see C-Web, to him coming to see Fab Five from all that. To like Larry here to see me. Just for you, just for Jalen Rose. You know what I'm saying? Nothing to do with Glenn Robinson and Chris Webber <laughs> facing off. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> and so we won the game. And as the players was going to the locker room, I dashed right over to Larry. And he shook out his hand, gave me some dap. And that was the first time I realized that he got like, he got like a um, like a uh, his finger looked like a uh, what's the, what's the term I want to use? His finger looked like a phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, no, it, like his not. knuckle is really messed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got, he got like, them lineman fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 His, <laughs> his finger looked like a phone, and he stuck it out. I was like, yo. Like, and I remember going back to the locker room like, man, you got to sacrifice for this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all see Larry? Like, y'all should have seen Larry hand, man. Like, he, that's love. Like, I remember just, I, I was amazed that his hand was like that, to be honest with you. And so... <laughs> All right, this is gone for somebody that rooted against him his whole career. I'm out there, bird, let's steal my bird underneath the DJ. That's when we had the 13 inch on top of the, the, the 35 inch that didn't work. And I jumped up and I hit the TV and the small TV fell on the floor. My mom, 
might have slapped the taste out of my mouth that day. That's what that used to be called. And rooting against him this whole time, so now he's my coach. I'm about to get a flight to go to Indy. I see the newspaper. Larry has an interview. He like, I'm not worried about what happened with Jalen before then. You know, he got a clean slate with me. I think I have the take to make him a player. I saw it at the airport, Jacoby, right before I got on the plane, because I was nervous, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nervous. So I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever for Larry. And let me tell you the boss move I did that players now would never do. I was a lottery pick that was just starting in Denver, started in a playoff game. But going into my fourth year, I played a couple of games summer league. Mm. I sure did. I flew down to Orlando. Larry said that about me. I'm like, you know what? This is my man. So what I'm going to go down here to do, I'm going to go down here to summer league, and I'm going to go down here and put up some numbers. So he like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, he ready. And I did, too. I went down there and played. This going into my fourth year. I played, went to Orlando. I played, like, four games. They're like, all right, three, get, three days like this is no. You're you know, good. Stop yeah. the fight. <laughs> we we get it. We get it, Jay. We, we yeah. get it. Yeah. They're like, stop the fight. Like, I was going hard, dog. I was playing for my life. And Larry, Rick Carlisle, they changed the trajectory of me on my career. They changed the trajectory of my game. Changed the trajectory of my life. And so the final Larry story I'll tell you is when I made two shots against the Bulls in game seven, he took me out in the fourth quarter. And I was pissed. And ain't nobody in the world care. That I ain't played the last five minutes, but I did. You told me if it was up to I we'd have won if I was in, Larry. <laughs> of course, of course. At least that's what I wanted to think. You know what I mean? So like I did the pout thing. I'm going to take a shower pill, as you call it, like real quick and try to hurry up and be on the bus before everybody get on the bus. I'm about to walk on the bus and Larry on there before me. I'm like, damn, because I thought I was going to get to the back or whatever and ignore him. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to walk past him without saying nothing. And this was game seven when you lost. So it's the this is after game now. seven. This is that last dance game. Yeah. And. Actually, the Wait, pacing. If you remember, you had a y'all had like a lead in the fourth quarter, like a twelve yeah, point we, lead. Dog, I made two straight shots. We was up four. I made those two shots. They called timeout. During that timeout, they took me out of the game. You know why, Jay? I know why. You know why? You don't play defense. defense. That's what it was. <laughs> they like, they like, like, like get there. We got the nice that you made two shots, Mr. Rose, but uh, we need a two-way player now. Correct. And <laughs> so, like, I, I was going to do the little kid thing. And by the way, when I did the Kobe 81 Olives, shout to Nanaska and Melvin, brain children of that idea along with myself, I thought about what happened with Larry when Kobe says, Jalen, in the 81 Olives, that's how Larry did me. I got on the bus, but thought I was going to pout and walk right past him. And I walked by his seat. He's like, Jalen. And I stopped. I went back. He had a beer in his hand. And I don't curse, but I'm going to say what he said just for inflection. I was like, what's happening, coach? He's like, I f***ed up. Ooh. I was like, you know what? All good, coach. That's we'll all be you back need to next say. year. That's we'll all you need to say. We'll be back next year. And I was a, I was a reserve that year. 
The next year, I was a starter. That next year, I won most improved. The 20 the next year. What, average 21, 22? The next season. Good the for next you. season. That's a great story. You know what? Shout out to our caller getting the good stories out of Jalen Anthony Rose. You know what I mean? Because like I was just saying earlier in the pod, like sometimes you have to admit when you're wrong. And it's hard, especially after a loss when you're the head coach in a game seven against Michael Jordan. You think Larry Bird wanted to beat Michael Jordan? Do you think that? Do you think Larry Bird wanted to beat Michael Jordan? And you Correct. know what he says? And he's got, and, he, and, and oh, with all those emotions and disappointment, knowing that your season's over, thinking that you're going to move on in the playoffs. Man, that was, the, that was the conference finals, right? That was game seven of the conference finals. That's the same year he crossed over Byron Russell and made the game winning shot at Utah. But here's the crazy thing. So, as Jacoby taught me, we all are heroes in our own movie. Mm -hmm. So, to your point, Larry Bird has his own thing that he's trying to get accomplished, including beat Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan trying to get his second three-peat. Scotty trying to get his contract. Dennis Rodman just trying to get him to the game and lead the league in rebounds was a task. Phil Jackson was trying to get his sixth championship. Reggie Miller was trying to get his first championship along with Mark Jackson and Chris Mullen. You get the point. Mm-hmm. Jalen Rose is like low on the totem pole for Larry Bird, as far as I'm concerned. So when I get on the bus and he cares about my feelings, that matter to me. Yeah, and at that point, I was like, that's my guy. It's ride or die. I don't know what's about to happen, but this is my guy. I'm taking a well, bullet from him. And so that's what it is still to this day. I don't know Larry Bird, but what I know of Larry Bird, some tells me he didn't say that just to make you feel better. He said it because he really he he said it because he really felt it that he messed up. He would you know never. I mean? He was he wasn't trying to placate to your ego. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise y'all. I promise y'all. Larry Bird would never say anything to any human being just for their feelings. I promise you. He would never. He would Shout never. To I watched callers. him as a player. I watched him as uh, some uh, rooted against him. I uh, watched him uh, in his fiercest moments. I've been in the locker room with him when he was coaching. I've never heard him say something just for somebody's feelings. Except I don't care about your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing. (laughs) Shout out to Travis Best, my brother. (laughs) Travis Best, 413's best. Because Mark used to play the first and the third. And Trav and Tri used to play the second and half of the fourth. And then sometimes Travel finished. Trav was like, you know, talking to coach about, you know, about more minutes. Like, you know, trying to come on, like, coach, you know what I'm saying? He's like, Trav, like, you know, the things you're talking about only have to do with your feelings. You know, like, you know. I was like, I'm gonna put my arm around. I was like, dog, it's all good, dog. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all, that's my man right there. I love Trav. Shout to the four one three. We don't get a lot of pro pro basketball players out of Western Springfield. Massachusetts. And Travis Best is probably the best. We would have beat the Lakers if Travis didn't get hurt. Don't forget, call nine eight five eight zero Jalen. And you, like these callers, can elicit great stories from Jalen Anthony Rose. Also, life advice, relationship advice, professional advice, anything you need, cultural, regional, soft bone, boss move, anything you have, show feedback, anything you got, call 9580 Jalen right now. Leave it on the show and leave it on the voicemail, and you might hear it on the show tomorrow because we have another show tomorrow. Why is that, Jalen Anthony Rose? Like the Blastmaster Karis one once said, we're not done. We're not done.
We are not done. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Anthgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.